comes ahead, back and forth with Pacioretty. Now Stevenson kicks it in, it will count. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. From the draw, Nicholas Haig rifles it home. One-time shot from Haig, Vegas ties it 3-3. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Wallace Millard, Chapman. Live inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215. Home of the... It doesn't happen often anymore, but last night, uh, I admit I was a little bit anxious about the broadcast uh, that we did over on the television side. Because I knew we had a brand new viewer a special viewer that was tuning in for the Golden Knights game against the Ottawa Senators, Mm -hmm. that Jack Eichel would be watching the game and watching our our broadcast and presentation. And we had to make sure that uh, that we were dead on with everything that we said about him and the trade and then the team going forward. And uh, it was just one of those things that was always in the back of my mind as you watched uh, that game against the Ottawa Senators, which turned out to be a fabulous night and everything worked out wonderfully. But uh, just, uh, it's, it's... kind of weird some of the things that just gnaw at you during the course of a presentation did that really happen yeah you were really nervous well i was just i was thinking about it yeah. i was a little, a little anxious about it's I, interesting. I know for a fact yeah that this is going to be the first real exposure mm-hmm. uh that jack eichel is going to see uh and be uh uh open to uh for his new team he's gonna he's gonna watch the game he's gonna pay attention to the game and the broadcast is an extension uh, of the game how would you uh, how would you rate yourself on a no, rating we were scale? Good. We were pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, Darren Elliott and I were uh, were really good. And then we had the Jack interview, mm-hmm. and we had lots of Kelly McCrimmon and uh, Ashley Vice had uh, had a one on one. Alex Petrangelo was uh, awesome uh, talking about the trade Pete DeBoer. So uh, I thought we the game that you and I did a hit before the game last night yeah. on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Yeah, and it was probably fifty fifty Eichel and the game in mm-hmm. and around there. Yeah, we were. At least ninety-three, seven <laughs> trade to game ratio yeah, yeah. Uh, on the pregame show last night, and then the first intermission was all Jack as well. Sure, uh, Jack. I, we we got to the game in and around postgame. There you go. <laughs> on the, well, I mean, that's on, on the television. That's the uh, most upfront. I was honestly giving you an opportunity to give yourself a Carolina Reaper, and you mm. just you just didn't take it. Oh well, uh, yeah, Carol. Okay, Five out of five. Okay, well done. You you want to know what my rating is uh, for last night's game? I'll give mm-hmm. it to you in uh, in hour number two. There it hey, is. Hey, today. So I got a chance to talk to Jack yesterday. Uh, mentioned Lucky. that on, on Fox Sports Las Vegas uh, when we did the the pregame show yesterday. And uh, the Vegas Golden Knights uh, sent over that sound. We're going to run all all of that uh, interview. Yep. It's about ten minutes long. Uh, we ran snippets of it during last night because television, you just don't have that that space available but in two hours on the vegas golden knights insider show we make room for something like this yeah. so it's a 10-minute conversation with jack eichel that that we did uh last night uh, regarding the trade and uh hopefully we'll be able to get him on the on the show live soon but uh y- you'll learn about the injury uh the timeline for the recovery and one thing is going to become very clear 
And if you could use one word, Chris Chapman, who just uh, managed to edit down uh, the interview or put the interview, it hasn't been edited in any uh, regards other than the start and the end. If you could describe Jack Eichel's feeling in one word, what would it be? Excited. Yes. I was nervous there for a minute. Really? Yeah. Yeah. No, he's, he's... No, no. There, I don't, in. Zero I, doubt about that one. I've known Jack no. for a long time in the sense of going into his draft year and the whole Connor and Jack. And, and we spent uh, uh, some time together and leading up to the draft and doing different uh, features and interviews. I have never seen him that comfortable that relaxed and then subsequently that excited as when we had our conversation over the zoom yesterday it's it's relief right like yeah. it's it's the hockey is is one aspect of this but the fact that he's going to be able to get the surgery that he wants to get on his neck i think that that is you know you talk about comfortability you talk about just kind of an ease about him when you're going in for a procedure that that has long-term ramifications on your life and you have control over what that's going to be, I think that just kind of settles everything in. Well, how about then joining a Stanley Cup contender? Well, yeah, and then you and then you get to the hockey part, right? And then you get to joining this club, this organization, this team that is looking for a Stanley Cup, not just not just wanting to get to the playoffs, not just wanting to do well every year, but this is an expectation that a Stanley Cup will be won at some time very soon. You get to see a seven come up, then another seven comes up, and you're wondering, will this be the time? No, it never. it's never going to happen to me. Well, triple sevens yeah. for, for Jack Eichel uh, yesterday when he was acquired and and landed with the Vegas Golden Knights. And uh, we talk a little about about the lack of control that he had during this process. The only control he really maintained was how he was going to have the uh, repair done to his herniated disc. Mm -hmm. And he stuck to his beliefs that it was going to be the artificial disc replacement process procedure, but he did not have any control in his contract over destination. That was all up to the Buffalo Sabres to be able to work out the trade. If they wanted to trade him to uh, L.A., they could have. If they wanted to trade him to Columbus, they could have. If they wanted to trade him to the Rangers or Boston, they could have. But the player in Jack Eichel mm -hmm. still had his wish list. And I'm looking forward to the reaction from our listeners when they hear what Jack Eichel had in mind. Even though he didn't have any control or influence on the destination, he still had a desire of where he wanted to go. Yeah, and and I've heard bits and pieces here, so it, it'll be it'll it certainly must listen when we when we get to the interview. But um, it's not that surprising to me where Jack. If you have a short list of places and destinations to end up, it's not surprising to me where what's at the top of his list. What about the compensation that the Golden Knights surrendered in the trade? You can look at it from two ways the Buffalo angle or the Vegas angle. Mm -hmm. And we primarily evaluate these trades between the two sides. Vegas gets the best player available. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How did Buffalo do, given that this is a process that's been going on for eight, nine months, really, where when it became clear that, that he wasn't going to play for the Sabres again? So 
Alex Tuck is a heck of a player. We we all know this. We know what Alex Tuck is at the NHL level. We're talking probably 25 goal guy every year, maybe tops out somewhere around 32 goals in, in a really good season. And a guy, right, that that's going back home. He's from the upstate New York. He is he is excited about being a Buffalo Sabre. And I think that at a time where that organization's kind of going through a bit of flux, that's really what Kevin Adams was going after, right? People that want to be Buffalo Sabres. Um, and he's on a great deal. And he's he's tied up for a little while. So I, I think Tuck is is a great piece for the Buffalo Sabres to, to kind of bring into the fold as part of their core. Peyton Krebs is going to be a fan favorite in this league for a long time because of the way he works every single time he's on the ice. He's working and working incredibly hard. His motor is fantastic. We've talked about it. Um, I do think that given how good we know Jack Eichel to be and given kind of the unknown about what's going to happen after surgery. How much is Jack going to be able to recover fully 100%? Is he going to be the player that he was before? I know that's an unknown. I tend to believe that he will be. And if he is, like if Jack returns to that form, I think that the Buffalo Sabres probably want at least one more piece there. So I think the Golden Knights did really well in moving out assets to acquire a a top five player in this league. And if he returns to that form, then I think it changes the way we view what Buffalo got in return. Because the trade in its most basic form is Tuck, Krebs, and a first-round pick. Because the second sort of cancels out the third. Yeah. Between the two teams. Yeah. Uh, Vegas gets a third. uh, Buffalo gets gets a second. So it's Tuck, Krebs, and a first-round pick. That first-round pick is probably going to be a little bit higher than you would have expected at the start of the year before all the injuries ramped up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the injuries, quite frankly, are, are why that, that first-round pick is top 10 protected. Yes. Because it, it makes its insurance against the, oh, wow, like it continues on, and this thing just never gets back to health. And and the Vegas Golden Knights aren't able to to right the ship. That I thought that is was brilliant in being able to put it in because you do assume that they're gonna find their rhythm here mm-hmm. with with the roster and the health. Yeah, but if it ever doesn't and you don't protect that pick, take heat. Like nobody, no, you don't think that Vegas is ever going to finish in the bottom third of the league this year, even even with the start. No, I don't. However, the only thing that gives you cause for concern is the fact that there's really no timetable yet on Mark right. Stone when he's going to return. We know we're up that this team is without Max Patch ready for a little while longer. We know that William Carlson's going to miss at least another five and a half, six weeks. Like there are real, real injury issues right now with this team. Do I think that they can tread water? Do I think they can be 500? Absolutely. And do I think that that's enough that when they do get healthy, they'll get themselves in the playoffs? 100%. But in the event that you're looking at $30 million on LTIR, you have to make sure that you're covering all bases. I mm-hmm. thought that the getting that top 10 protected was the key to the deal for me. Because it, it's insurance. You hope you don't need it because you hope that you've got Jack Eichel in the playoffs hunting down a Stanley Cup. But in the event that it doesn't go that way, and it's, top, it's a top 10 pick in this draft, by all means, that's fantastic work from Kelly McCrimmon. 
So how would you rate Kevin Adams? A, B, C, or D? It, it's always really difficult, right? Because like, I have to believe that at some point in time, at the end of last year, between the the draft, between all, between the expansion draft, that at some point we, before teams started to address their needs in the off season, there was a package that that might have been a little bit more in terms of value. You do, I do. Yeah, I, I simply do. I think that there were more teams that were interested. There were more teams that that probably could have packaged something together. That being said, you're getting two pieces in in Tuck. One that's that's proven at the NHL level. Two in Peyton Krebs that I think is going to be a very good NHLer for a long time. And that top, you know, that first round pick, what it's going to turn into, that's going to be interesting. Right now, I give Kevin Adams probably a B. That's where it's at. But I mean, that can go but higher. You think he overplayed his hand? I absolutely do. I thought he overplayed his hand when he didn't make this trade at the at the at the draft. Like I. I think that there are peak moments in the calendar, right? Where you've got teams that are looking to address what they want to do next year. And I think that there were probably better packages on the table back then than what Kevin Adams ultimately decided on in terms of Jack Eichel's compensation. I'm going to give him a C. Yeah. He he got a player. He got a prospect. He got a first rounder. Mm-hmm. You know what he didn't get? Is anybody in his lineup. This weekend. Fair point. Tuck's out. Mm-hmm. Krebs was assigned to Rochester, which I actually think is a logical decision. That makes sense. Not to come in and have all that pressure on him and uh, find your way. He's still hasn't, hasn't scored this year. He's still looking to, to find his rhythm. Uh, and the first rounder, we don't know about. Yeah. You hope that it works out for the for the Buffalo Sabres. But there was, for a player of Jack Eichel's caliber, even though Jack's not playing right now, you didn't, in the Buffalo Sabres form, get anything to help you right now. And that's what changes my grade from a B in just the pure content uh-huh. of the of the acquisitions. And Tuck, who I agree with you, I think can be a 30-goal scorer. Yeah. I think he's going to be a top-six player there. I think he gives uh, a Buffalo uh, exactly what they had or more in, in Taylor Hall because uh, I, I think he's got that kind of ceiling for him. And Krebs, there's there's a lot of anticipation that he's going to be a great NHLer. But nothing in the lineup right now to help Don Granado. But I don't feel like this trade was about right now, right? Like, talk yes, but you're looking ahead toward the future. Like, you're looking at pieces that are going to help you when you proverbially, when you turn the corner. And I understand the Buffalo Sabres got off to a great start, but... Yeah, but you still, not, want, you still want something I, in your lineup I, when you give up that type of player. I, I mean, I hear you. I do. But I also think that, that the, the focus for the Buffalo Sabres isn't right, isn't on the here and now right now. Like, I think it's on what's this going to do for us next year and beyond. That's what I think they're oh, focused yeah, long on. Term, yeah. yeah. And like the, the ultimately what Kevin Adams was looking for in this trade was four first round assets, right? Like four first round picks or equivalent. And you get one in tuck, you get one in Krebs and you get one that, that the Buffalo Sabres have kind of control over what that's going to be, but they're one short. Yeah. They're one short. And, you know, for me, like 
that B that I'm giving Kevin Adams right now is is open to interpretation in a year. It's open to interpretation uh, when you see Jack Eichel and he his return to the NHL. You see what type of player he's going to be and and how close he is to the guy that he was before getting injured. That grade is is really open to interpretation once we have more information on the table on Jack and on that first round. I don't pick. think the Buffalo Sabres can look at it that way. Mm. I think they're they're trading a star player, and mm-hmm. I know there's mystery about uh, what Jack Eichel's future health is going to be and how he'll come out of the disc replacement surgery. But the Buffalo Sabres stuck to their guns that they wanted market value for a healthy Jack Eichel. They didn't get that. They definitely didn't get that. You want to know and, why? And I, and I know they didn't Don have Granato, a, They didn't have a healthy Jack Eichel. And Don Granado was he was looking and waiting and patiently tapping his foot in the hallway outside the dressing room. The head coach of the Buffalo Sabres saying, "This is good, and and I'm going to get something to put in my lineup that's going to help us win games now, and and we can talk about." the future, and in two years down the road. But there's no guarantee that Don Granato is going to be there in two years, and there's no guarantee that Kevin Adams is going to be there in two years. So it's it's fine to talk patience when you're the Golden Knights and can acquire a player that's going to uh, give you a top-line center in three to four months, maybe five, uh, because you've got other superstars around the team that should be healthy. The Buffalo Sabres needed something to skate in their lineup this weekend. Yeah, I don't agree with that. I, I really don't. I don't think it was about getting something that you put into the lineup right now. I, I think that for the Buffalo Sabres right now, for, for Kevin Adams. Have and, you watched their games? I See what the build, who's in the building? There's nobody there. I, I hear you, but like then then it's no deal. Like If you're looking at plucking another player off of the it, Golden Knights roster, it's no deal. That's why, that, I, give, that's why I give Kevin Adams and, a C. And and that that goes back to my point that I think if you look at it in the off season and if you make that trade somewhere around the, the trade deadline, you have one more piece, one more asset, one more thing, and it didn't happen. And you know, again, I, I'm going B because we all know how difficult of a situation this was. We know Kevin Adams was operating from a power where he didn't really have much leverage. Everyone knows Jack Eichel was going to be traded, and. Kevin Adams put himself in a, in a corner. I still think he got pretty good value coming back the other way, but he got value for an injured Jack Eichel. And if he would have just come out and said, I'm trading the asset as he is right now, this trade, perfectly mm-hmm. fine. But every single time he goes out there and says, I'm, I have a healthy Jack Eichel and I'm trading for a healthy Jack Eichel, you don't have that asset. So you're never going to get the return that you're looking for there. Needed something to generate some enthusiasm in that market. Uh, Kelly McCrimmon's great. In just a second, first to Chris Chapman. So, Darren, I'm glad you mentioned putting butts in the seats. What player on the Golden Knights roster currently would have moved the needle in Buffalo to get more people to come out? Because I don't really know if there's one player that's on that roster right now where if Kelly McCrimmon says, okay, take this guy, I don't know who who, who generates that that interest because you're, you're obviously not going to get Mark Stone, and, and again, he's not. No. Yeah, but, but but if if you're getting a player that you're putting in the lineup that's making you a better team, that's putting butts in the seat. So hypothetically, you're, you're not talking. I'm not talking sizzle. I'm not talking superstar player. I'm talking a player that Donnie Granado's going to be talking about in his pregame availability that the media is all going to be writing about 
about going in there and playing a game, whether it's a defenseman, whether it's a, a third line forward, uh, whether it's Peyton Krebs. But you're putting somebody in a lineup that's going to make you better and is going to play this weekend and is going to drive some uh, enthusiasm about the organization and turning the page on Jack Eichel. And they didn't do that. Now, who's that guy, though? Like, if, if, anybody, if it's like Dylan Coughlin, then, hypothetically. Fine. Then, then, fine. They, then they absolutely could have put Peyton Krebs in the lineup. But it wasn't about that. No. it That's that's fine. Dylan Coughlin, uh, Nick Hague, uh, uh Chandler Stevenson, uh, Matthias Yammer, any anybody that makes you better. I understand the reasoning for going for for putting Peyton Krebs with Rochester, but my question to you is: Is Peyton Krebs right now an NHL player? That's a player right there that they could put in their lineup. I would argue that Peyton Krebs is probably better than half the forwards that the Buffalo Sabers are putting on the ice every single night. They chose to take the asset that could have gone into the yep. lineup and put him down to the AHL. That's that gives you a window into what the Buffalo Sabers are looking toward as their beacon. Their beacon isn't this year. Their beacon isn't help right now. Their beacon is next year and beyond. They also had to make a trade just to get to the salary cap floor. Well, come on. So well Kelly done. McCrimmon. Well done. What what do you give Kelly McCrimmon for this trade? I think uh, okay, it's it's an A, like it's an A plus running away. Like y- you get such a dynamic player. And I, again, we all understand that there are concerns and, and there's, there's questions about Jack and his long-term health. But um, as Kelly put it yesterday, and I think it was absolutely perfectly said, why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you trust the people that are literally looking out for Jack's best interest day in and day out? It just makes too much sense. And if this is what the recommendation is, and those people are, are focused solely on what's best for Jack, you, you go with that recommendation all day long. And if he comes back and he's that player, it's it's the type of guy that gives you such a dynamic top six. And I would argue, based on how you deploy them, two top lines, legit top lines in the NHL. Two legit top lines, period. Yeah, A, for me, going away. Yeah. Not because of Jack Eichel, because I know what he is. This is all going to be about what do you have to give up to get Jack Eichel, who's not going to play until February or March. You didn't give up any goals from your lineup. Yeah. That's oversimplifying it. But Alex Tuck may come back at the exact same time as Jack Eichel. They're the same age. It's a a, a wash on that side. Except Jack's got got the higher ceiling, uh, and Alex Tuck was in your bottom six. Now, before you jump all over me about Alex Tuck, I realize he's a great player, mm-hmm. and the only reason why he's in your bottom six with the Vegas Golden Knights is because you have such a great team. That's I I admit that, but the reality is, you traded a player who's in your bottom six for your first line center. Mm-hmm. And the prospect that you gave up hasn't scored a goal. Oversimplifying it. And and the I don't know whether it would have mattered if, if if Peyton Krebs would have scored five goals in the first ten games of the season. Would you have traded him? I don't know that. But I know that he hadn't scored. Mm-hmm. And when you when you acquire Jack Eichel without giving up anything 
offensively, from a production standpoint, from your current roster, that is a grand slam. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. It, it's it's a fantastic trade for the Golden Knights. It, it really is. And, you know, I, I I look at this as one of those situations where, um, you know, even even as you brought up the salary cap floor for the Buffalo Sabres and having to make it an ancillary trade, how much different does the return look for Kevin Adams and the Buffalo Sabres if they were willing to eat a little bit of salary? And I understand why you don't. I get it. But... What other asset could you have wrung out of another team or the Golden Knights if you would have made the cap hit a little bit more easy, easily digestible for other teams? Why do you think they didn't eat salary? Because they didn't. They wanted a clean break. Like they wanted a clean break. They they don't want to have to be paying Jack Eichel to not play for them. That's my thought. Because it doesn't really matter. Not really. Not when you're at the salary cap floor. Really doesn't. The New York Islanders are still paying Rick DiPietro. There's all kinds of examples. <laughs> and we and we giggle. But, like, it doesn't affect your roster at all. No. The New York Islanders don't go out there and play going, ah, wish we had that million and a half because Rick DiPietro uh, could be in the line. Like, it doesn't affect anything with your team. I think it was all principle, all ownership-driven. That they weren't gonna pay after the it got so nasty uh-huh. that ownership decided we're done, we're not gonna do this anymore, and that, that's the emotion of it. Mm-hmm. And owners can do whatever they want, but that's my belief in why they would need salary, which cost them a return. Oh boy, yeah, I, I mean, improved I, return. I I get it, but. I also don't like if, if, if you could have gotten another usable asset or a piece mm-hmm. that you were really coveting, then you just, you swallow your pride for a minute to make your hockey team better, to win hockey games, to, to send a, a, a better message, a deeper message to your fan base. That's where I come from. Like that's, that's how I would have viewed it. But Kevin Adams did what he did. He operated with what he had to, to operate with and he's getting a good player in Alex talk and he's getting you know, one of those guys that I think is going to become a fan favorite in Buffalo over time in Peyton Krebs. And the idea that a player wants to be there is huge and, and will help the team. You just don't have anything to help you right now. And the Golden Knights, like, they would have liked uh, something to, to be able to plug in the lineup right now, too. Mm-hmm. But the only reason that they have Jack Eichel, Eichel is because he's not available to be in the lineup. It's, yeah. it's yeah. weird how it works. You don't wish ill will, but that's a reality. Salary and cap's awesome. Salary cap? Capologists? Medical decisions. Yeah. This was a, a medical decision that determined the fracture between those two teams, and Vegas is willing to go along with the players' wishes. That part shouldn't be overlooked. History is going to dictate the the success of this trade mm-hmm. and, and the procedure, the historic first-time procedure on a National Hockey League player. So we're judging this based on face value and some assumptions. But uh, that the, the, the doctor in Denver, 
He might be the ultimate determining hmm. person in how this goes. What what I also think there in in saying that the Golden Knights are are allowing the player to to have this procedure that that they deem is best for themselves. Don't think that other players around the league aren't going to look at that and say that's the organization, right? Like you get to free agency, you look at destinations to play. Vegas has everything going for it. It's a competitive team that's looking for a Stanley Cup that wants to win right now. It's a fantastic city, but it's also an organization that is putting what the players desire on the table. And I think that that is something that the Golden Knights organization is going to reap benefits of for many, many years to come. Pierre Lebrun from The Athletic is famous for these polls. Like, I polled 13 executives. I polled 15 coaches. Sure. I, I polled, and there's no names attached and et cetera. But he's, he's, he always, that's one of his go-tos. I would love to know, out of 32 teams, how many teams would have been willing to go along with the artificial disc replacement surgery and how many wouldn't have. Hmm. Yeah, is but, is Vegas in 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 the uh, minority yeah. in in going along with that, or is Buffalo in the minority by not allowing it? Yeah, that's fascinating. I'd love to know that too. I don't know the answer to that at all. Do you have a Do you have a lean one way or the other? Like just based on your gut? Yeah, I think more teams would have went along with it with the surgery. Yeah, that's strictly gut. There's n- no research and. No um, medical foundation for that. That's just my gut. Yeah, I tend tend to kind of think along the same lines as you do. I really do. Jack Eichel chatted with him yesterday. That entire 10-minute conversation is coming up next. Uh, plus, uh, we will grade yesterday's performance against the Ottawa Senators. And one-timers, a whole bunch happening around the National Hockey League, bringing you up to date going into this weekend in which the Golden Knights play the Montreal Canadiens tomorrow afternoon. It is a 3 o'clock pregame show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 4 o'clock face-off with Gary Lawless and Dan Duva, and then an hour earlier on Sunday, wrapping up the four-game road trip in Detroit against the Red Wings. And we have tickets to give away. Two pairs of tickets to see the Seattle Kraken on Tuesday. We will uh, sprinkle those into the show as we roll on. But up next, the newest member of the Vegas Golden Knights, Jack Eichel, joins the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. BGK Insider Show, as promised. Jack Eichel, a conversation that I had with the newest member of the Golden Knights yesterday after the trade was announced, uh, chatted about a lot of different things. Uh, before I, I influence you in, in any regard, just want to give you the, the heads up that, uh, that this was unedited. It's a 10-minute conversation in which Jack and I talked about uh, everything from uh, finding out how he was traded, uh, the, those moments right after, to who he thinks he might end up playing with. So Jack Eichel. Joining us on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Here is the latest in a long list of uh, big star acquisitions by the Golden Knights. Uh, Jack Eichel joins us. Uh, how would you describe the last uh, few hours? Emotional? Uh, is it a relief? Is it excitement? I think it's all those things. Um, I, I think first it's just excitement. 
but there's a lot of emotions involved. I don't think uh, you can really prepare yourself for a situation like this, you know, unless you've, unless you've gone through it before. And obviously I haven't, it's the first time I've been, uh, you know, been traded and uh, there's just so much excitement to be a part of this organization. And, um, you know, there's, there's nerves, there's, there's, there's uh, anxiety about, uh, you know, changing uh, cities, moving somewhere new. Uh, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of emotions, but uh, more than anything, I'm just very relieved and, uh, and, and just so excited and, and very uh, thankful. Were you keeping tabs uh, on what was happening behind the scenes or were you at arm's length? Uh, I definitely had an idea of, uh, you know, some of the things that were going on. Um, you know, my, my agent, uh, did a very good job of, of keeping me informed from, from what he was, uh, from what he was learning. And, uh, so I definitely had an idea of what, uh, you know, what was playing out, but, uh, I, I guess you really never know what's going on behind the scenes unless you're behind the scenes. So, um, uh, for the most part, I was, uh, you know, just getting information and, um, you know, just processing that. When and how did you find out? Uh, I found out last night. I was uh, I was actually laying in bed, and um, you know there was uh, there was something. I don't know what was going on with my phone, but it wasn't uh, accepting calls. So I had a text message actually from the the GM in Buffalo, Kevin Adams, to give him a call. And you know, I just figured that uh, that if he was texting me at eleven thirty Eastern time, that it probably meant uh, something happened. So um, you know, I was I was pretty anxious to give him a call. I didn't know, you know, what, what, uh, what he had to say, but, um, you know, just, uh, you know, really relieved when, uh, when he told me that he traded me to Vegas, uh, it was the place that I wanted to go more than anywhere. I, I think it's, it's an incredible organization and an unbelievable group of, uh, of players. And, um, I've heard nothing but amazing things. It's interesting you bring that up uh, because you didn't have any real determination or control over where you were going, but, uh, Vegas was circled. Yeah, Vegas is at the top of my list. I think um, I think what I can contribute uh, and and what I bring to uh, to the game, and um, I think it just there was a lot of things that Vegas checked for me. It's uh, it's obviously a competitive organization that wants to win, and and uh, I, I, I you know have uh, have no more goal than to win the Stanley Cup. I think that's uh, that should be every team's goal, and and you can see it by the. Uh, by the culture they've created that, uh, you know, they care about winning. And um, I just want to be a part of that. And I'm just so excited. There's some veterans there that, uh, you know, that I've watched for a while and look up to. And I I look forward to, uh, you know, being a piece of the puzzle. Trades announced on a game day. I don't know whether you've had a chance to talk to Pete DeBoer just yet, but Kelly McCrimmon, I'm sure there's been communication. What has that correspondence been? Yeah, it's great. I I was able to get on the phone with Kelly last night. I feel like I wanted to jump through the phone and give him a hug for, uh, for giving me this opportunity. Um, it's been a long, uh, it's been a long process for me and, um, you know, what it means to me and my family for this organization to, you know, go out of their, uh, their way to, to make me uh, a part of it and, and for everything that they've, uh, that they've sacrificed and, 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 and to acquire me and it means a lot to us. And, uh, I've, I've had a nice conversation with Kelly last night and just, uh, just thanking him and telling him how excited uh, I am to be a part of, uh, be a part of this. And I was able to, I was able to talk to Pete DeBoer, uh, this morning briefly. I know that they're playing in Ottawa tonight, but, um, we had a nice conversation and, um, you know, excited to get to know, uh, get to know them more. How about any of the guys? Has there been uh, back and forth at all? Yeah. Um, 
yeah, so I've uh, I've spoken to a few guys. I, I actually uh, Mark Stone reached out last night. Um, you know when uh, you know when the deal was done. I think it, it was pretty uh, it was pretty under wraps, but um, he was able to uh, I'm sure get the information. And so we talked a little bit last night, and then uh, I've spoken to some of the guys today. Obviously, I know uh, I know Robin, so I played with him, and um, so we exchanged some messages and. Uh, I talked to Petra over the phone and, and some of the other guys reached out, which is, uh, which is always really nice. It's always makes you feel really good when guys reach out and, and, um, you know, acknowledge how, uh, how they feel about, you know, you coming to their team. And, um, you know, I look forward to, uh, to getting another group. Don't want to put the cart before the horse, but, uh, you're a star center and, uh, there's two pretty significant wingers in Max Pacioretty and Mark Stone. Have you allowed yourself to think about playing with those two? Yeah, I mean, I you know, I, it's uh, like you said, I, it's it's definitely a long way away. But uh, there's so many great players on uh, on the team, and and so many guys that I would love to play with. I mean, you know, you mentioned a few of them, but uh, it's it's a very deep roster with a lot of uh, with a lot of talented players. So um, you know, excited to try and get healthy and and uh, you know try and see where I fit in and and just try and uh, and complement guys as much as I can. The disc replacement surgery was a priority for you. Uh, the appreciation that you must feel knowing that you're going to be allowed to have that and then continue on. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's pretty crazy that, uh, that it's been this long of a process, but I, like I said, I can't say enough good things about the organization for acquiring me and then, uh, and then feeling comfortable enough to allow me to, to do what I feel is best for myself at this moment. And, uh, that is to proceed with that surgery. It's, uh, you know, it's imminent, it's imminent for me to get back on the ice. And I felt like it was a, uh, a superior surgery to the fusion. And, um, I, I really appreciate the, uh, the organization for, uh, being open and, and allowing me to do what I feel is best. When will you have the surgery? Um, I would, uh, I would imagine, uh, the surgery will take place next week. So that's great news. Uh, we've heard yep. different uh, sides of the recovery uh, as long as five months, as little as three. Nobody knows about this more than you. But what are you anticipating? Uh, I would say the recovery on the surgery is three months full contact. Um, from people that I've spoken to uh, that have had the surgery, uh, they say is you know, a week after they feel like they're almost back to themselves. Uh, but obviously you need to let the bone grow into the implants and, uh, you know, allow your body to recover from the surgery. But, um, you know, I hope to, uh, make as quick as recovery as I can, but obviously not rush things. Uh, three months is sort of the, the timeline of, of, of being back in, uh, in, in full in full contact and, and playing. So, um, you know, that's kind of what I have, uh, circled. Are the Olympics out of the question then? You know, I'm not sure. Obviously, a long way away. Um, it's uh, it'll be interesting to see how quickly I recover from this and 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 uh, how smooth everything goes. Obviously, I want to get myself in as good a shape as possible. And I, uh, you know, first and foremost, my commitment is uh, is to the Vegas uh, Golden Knights. And um, you know, I just want to you know try and uh, make as much of an impact on the the organization as I can. But you'll you anticipate being able to play in a regular season game this year. Yeah, I'll be I'll be back for the regular season for sure. Uh, you look good. H have you been able to yeah. to be training during all of this? I have, yeah, yeah. So I've been uh, I've been training. I actually had a I had a quite productive summer off the ice and and even on the ice. And um, you know, the fall's been a little different because uh, it seems like everyone's been back in their uh, their respective teams, and and I've been uh, you know kind of doing my own thing a bit. But 
yeah, staying in the gym, been on the ice, um, a bit. So, uh, you know, can't take any contact. Obviously that's, what's, uh, that's, what's kept me from playing and I haven't been cleared, but, uh, you know, after the surgery and getting healthy, I, I can't wait to get back to hundred percent and, and, uh, you know, show what I can bring. I love that uh, you like to shoot and you like to score. Uh, give the Vegas fans uh, who aren't as familiar uh, with your game uh, the little four-one-one on Jack Eichel. Um, I would say dynamic. Uh, you know, like to uh, like to attack the opposing team. Um, you know, like to uh, like to utilize my line mates and and uh, you know score goals and set guys up. It's. Uh, you know, I just try and, uh, you know, bring as much excitement to the game as possible. Uh, I think I'm, uh, I'm a competitor for sure. So, uh, you know, I try and leave it all out there. But what number are you going to wear? Uh, I'll be going back to nine. Nine. Do you like the gold sweaters? Love the gold sweaters. Yeah, so I, just wanted to, I just wanted to give you a good look. Is this, what do you think of that? <laughs> that's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's, uh, that's unbelievable. I can't wait to, uh, I can't wait to wear one of those and, and, uh, and be back on the ice plan. We can't wait for your arrival and uh, to see you on the ice and uh, starting this next chapter in your career. I really appreciate it. Good luck with the surgery and the recovery, and we can't wait to uh, do this face-to-face. Thank you. Yeah, I'm very excited. I, I appreciate you having me on. It was a conversation with Jack Eichel from yesterday, uh, just uh, before the Vegas Golden Knights faced the Ottawa Senators. I uh, held up one of the gold jerseys that uh, the team has already made up with uh, Eichel mm-hmm. name bar in the back uh, and number nine. And you could almost tell just in his voice, like it, it lit up just seeing that sweater and his name on there for the first time. Yeah, I you could you could definitely get the sense that Jack was excited to see the jersey for the first time uh, with his name on it. And maybe the second flashiest thing about the interview, because when, when asked about his game, I would say dynamic like that, that is confidence. Mm-hmm. That is a player that knows how, how high their skill set is in this league. Um, I, I loved that answer. I loved the fact that he led with that. It's fantastic. One of the great things about uh, the trade in the last 24 hours has been the exposure that we've had to all the different highlights mm-hmm. from Jack Eichel over the over the course of the years when he wore 15, when he wore nine, mm-hmm. and you you realize, uh, I I think Jack Eichel, I think power, I think bite, I think skill, uh, but the speed and the the ability to make plays in small areas, uh, he'll shoot from anywhere. Yeah, uh, the it's just it gets you so excited watching that and go. He's, he's a Golden Knight. It happened again. And I talked to people uh, and a couple of players uh, in the league yesterday. So mm-hmm. people outside uh, the dressing room, some in. And the unanimous opinion and consensus was from everybody was, I can't believe they did it again. <laughs> I can't believe you guys did it again. Uh, meaning the Golden Knights. And it's staggering when you think about the the Petrangelos and the Stones and the Martinez and the Lenners, uh, the Pacioretty's, mm-hmm. uh, that you add another player like this. Yeah, and, you know, it, Jack is interesting. He's just, he's one of those players that creates his own opportunities. He can create something out of nothing, whether it be with his speed, with his bite down low, or just the fact that he's got a wicked release. Like, there are so many different ways that Jack can beat an opponent. There are so many different ways that he can create opportunities that it almost leaves opponents off balance because he's so 
he, he has so many different looks and he uses his teammates so incredibly well and plays off of all of that. Uh, it, it's going to be frightening if the Golden Knights get healthy, if everyone's back, if you've got Eichel and Stone and Pacioretty and Petrangelo in the lineup at the same time, it's staggering to think mm-hmm. of how good they might be. Also like the Stone called them the night before. Well, yeah, I got some inside information. Well, listen, I, (laughs) my spidey senses were telling me that the trade was happening soon. And I, I, all I've got to say is I couldn't shake that feeling. So I was up at like five 30 in the morning the next day. And I I saw it. I was the first one. I think I was the first one on this show to see the news. Uh, I, my phone rang at four 30. Did it? I didn't, I didn't answer. You didn't? No. What? No. Why wouldn't you no. do that? Because I'm not answering my phone at 4.30 when I don't know who's calling. You should always answer your phone at 4.30. I don't answer the phone when you call. No, and I, I like you. I don't call uh, you. So I, I don't, I, at 4.30 in the morning, uh, I, they called twice. I'm like, I, if it's really bad news, mm-hmm. then I'm going to know who's calling. And it was a Toronto number uh, that was dialing me. Ended up being a... Uh, a radio station that wanted uh, some opinions, uh, some some analysis. Immediate analysis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll give you an analysis. I'm going back to bed. What time uh, is it? Oh, we are going to take a break uh, when we continue play of the day. But uh, I want to also say that uh, when Jack Eichel comes to town, uh, we'll get him on the show. And we'll have a conversation between uh, all of us uh, about what we expect. He is going to have the ADR surgery, the uh, artificial disc replacement surgery, next Friday in Denver. Uh, That's according to the Las Vegas Review Journal. And I want to give them uh, just uh, credit for that scoop. So a week today, uh, Jack Eichel telling the uh, RJ that uh, he will have the surgery. And then it's 10 days rehab, and then he can start working out. But no contact uh, uh, until uh, probably two and a half months, uh, almost three months uh, after the surgery, if everything goes well. So uh, looking forward to it. That's putting you to middle of uh, November. Uh, so December, January, February, coming off the Olympic break. Yep. Is when you target uh, Jack Eichel's return, unless things go really, really well and he goes to the Olympics. I don't think that's going to happen. But uh, coming off the Olympic break is March right there is when uh, everything kind of comes into play uh, for Jack Eichel. Love the fact that he says he's going to play in the regular season for the Vegas Golden Knights. We'll take a break. uh, Play of the day, and then we'll give you our ratings for what's happened uh, yesterday against the Ottawa Senators and one-timers. News notes from around the National Hockey League on Fox Sports Las Vegas. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. What a performance by the Vegas Golden Knights last night uh, over the Ottawa Centers. Might have been the best of the year. Timing of it, fantastic. Coming off the acquisition uh, of Jack Eichel from the Buffalo Sabres. We'll get into rating the 5-1 victory. Uh, over Ottawa and what to expect this weekend in the back-to-back games against the Montreal Canadiens and the Detroit Red Wings. One-timers, news notes from around the National Hockey League. Uh, plenty to get to there. Uh, information on the Montreal Canadiens. A captain uh, is named and a, uh, a fine and a suspension also levied in the National Hockey League. We'll see what, uh, what we can get to. But uh, we start off with the play of the day. Austin Watson and now Zach Sanford will... Shovel it in deep. Some teams ahead of the Golden Knights in the Pacific Division off a real good start. Backhander in front here. Right through the crease. Sanford trying to jam it in. And Leonard going back. Initial shot. And then 
Watson diving. There's Robin Leonard, the glove hand coming back just in time. Great chance for the Senators here early in the second. Normally I'd set it up a little bit more, but we watched the game last night. We listened to the game last night. We know the voices of Dave Gosher and Shane Natty, and that was Robin Leonard in a tie game making a desperate and brilliant save of Austin Watson early on in the second period against uh, Ottawa. And what does Vegas do? Turn around and score three straight goals to take a lead. Yeah, that was the game. That was the game right there. That save from Robin Leonard on the goal line, lunging back, getting whatever he could in front of the puck before it went over the line. That is a big-time stop for a player in Robin Leonard who had a phenomenal first period and picked up there in the second period. Uh, great work, great play from Robin Leonard. Has Robin Leonard been the Golden Knights' best player this year? Uh, I'm going to get Ryan's answer to that as we continue rating the game from last night. More on Jack Eichel. Can you get enough? And news and notes from around the National Hockey League. One-timers all in hour number two of the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas.